What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Dr. Sean Thomas here again, and welcome to the Be More Today show. We are on our fourth episode of the Be More Today show, and every time I tune in with you guys, something new has gone on. So welcome back. Uh, it's been a crazy two weeks, as always, and if you're like me or like my family, you're home. Uh, I don't know if you're home because uh, you have to be or you want to be, but you are home right now, and a lot of stuff has changed in the world uh, due to COVID-19 and everything else, but we're still here. And um, every week I give you guys a quotation that I'd like, and I think that, well, I hope it inspires you. And today I'm actually taking it from my book. Uh, as you guys know, I wrote a book, Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better, better version of you. And chapter seven is actually entitled, Yes Today. Uh, yes Today. And I thought it was kind of fitting because the quote for that day is, the best project you'll ever work on is you. Uh, this is the time where a lot of people are are, are kind of, frazzled on how to structure their lives. Um, the gyms are closed. The shows are closed. There's no sports on TV. Uh, a lot of things are just off right now. And people are looking for a schedule or some kind of structure because our entire lives is based on structure. Uh, you know, you go to work, you go to school, uh, interact with your friends or your family members, you eat certain times, you do the activities, you go to certain classes, etc. And then you go home and you repeat that. But for everyone around the world, that's been changed. That's kind of been uh, uh, thwarted for a minute. So uh, being more today is, is really a mantra for all of us. And the best thing we can work on, that we can really control, yes, you can work on social distancing and cleaning your hands and being proactive and all those things. Yes. And if you are sick, you know, we're praying for you clearly during this time. But if you're not sick and if you're not working, um, or even if you are working, you, you come back home. You can still work on all those things. Uh, in chapter seven of my book, I, I wrote a small little excerpt and it said, uh, yesterday, yesterday is right now. It is this moment when you stop making excuses about why you can't or did not finish school. Yesterday, you make more moves towards fixing your finances so you can finally get out of debt. Yesterday causes you to prepack your gym bag or lunch bag, checking off all the things you want to do on your New Year's resolution list. Stop preparing excuses and counting on tomorrow. Start being the best version of yourself today. Focus on the now. No day but today. You're the best product you'll ever work on in this life. And I wrote this based on uh, an experience I had with some college friends and roommates of mine. And one of those roommates is actually going to be on, on, the, on the show today, which is actually hilarious. Uh, we were <laughs> actually in uh, our temporary dorm room singing the, the words to Rent. Now, at that time, I had not seen the show Rent. Uh, but my two friends had seen the show. They both knew all the words. And one of the main songs for the show is uh, No Day But Today. There's only us. There's only this. Forget regrets. For life is yours or life is yours to miss. No other road. No other way. No day but today. And it stuck with me for years. And when I actually saw the show, I loved it and just put everything together for me. But it's true. You know, we're in these times where every day is a different thing on the news. And the only thing we really can do is work on us. So if you're home and you are like done watching Netflix because, you know, there are a thousand shows on there, but you can't watch every single show. Read that book. Um, you know, get your home workout on. Uh, you, we can still go for our walks and our runs. And there are tons of things to do still uh, during this time. Uh, and I know there's a lot of time of fear for a lot of people, but it's still time for us to come together. Uh, social media has been 
the medium for us to connect in various ways. So hop on your Zooms and your FaceTimes and, and other mediums and connect with people. Call those friends you haven't spoken to in years, those family members you haven't spoken to in years, and just reconnect during this time. Don't let this time go away without doing something that you would have done regardless. Um, this is the time to really work on you and to make the best of today. So that's my thought for you guys. And, you know, we're praying for everything as it continues to go on. Um, so much is happening every single day. But we're, we're still in this fight together. And I think as a people, we will continue to, to be uh, successful. So I have a serious guest on the show today, folks. I don't even know if we have enough time in the show to get through all the stuff that he's done. Um, it's, it's going to take me about 25 minutes to read his bio, but I need you to, to listen about everything on it because it's, it's, it's super imperative that you recognize the, the progression and the story that we're going to talk about today. Uh, our, special day, our special guest for today is, is James Brown III. Yes, James Brown III. He was born on November 3rd, 1980 in Baltimore, Maryland, and raised in Orange County, California. Growing up, his parents allowed him to explore any and every passion he had, including psychology, track and field, drama, football, gymnastics, dance, music, TV, film, religious studies, and, of course, fashion. James went to Dana Hills High School and Phillips Andover Academy for his secondary education, Brown University and the Fashion Institute of Technology for his undergraduate education. While at Dana Hills, he graduated valedictorian, a four-year, two-spot varsity letterman athlete track and field, and football. National Honor Society, International Thespian Society member, homecoming king and prom king, and a member of the student government. Brown went on to study psychology at Brown University while competing nationally in track and field and studying dance. Psychology research on male dancers brought James to New York City and presented him with the opportunity to dance with Michael Jackson at Madison Square Garden. His career as a performer began that summer in 2001. James Brown has had a successful career in the last 18 years as an actor, model, and fashion editor. He performed in 10 Broadway shows, including Original Company for Disney's Frozen, Original Company for Rocky, uh, Original Company for Ghost, Original Broadway Company of Priscilla the Queen, Memphis, the 2010 Tony Award winning Best New Musical, original company of The Little Mermaid, original Broadway company of The Color Purple, which I actually saw him in, which is amazing, Wicked, The Producers, The Frogs, The Lion King, and other notable credits, including Michael Jackson's 30th anniversary concert on CBS, The Producers movie, Enchanted, and The Oprah Winfrey Show. James will also be seen this season on Mr. Robot on USA Network, Forever on ABC, The Mysteries of Laura on NBC, Peter Pan Live on NBC, The Wiz Live on NBC, which I saw, The Get Down on Netflix. He also starred in his first independent film, Love for Passion, playing the role of Jeffrey Love as the Reverend. James has modeled for such brands as Ralph Lauren, Michael Wesley, and Rockport. All of these professional artistic experiences have infused themselves in the design of James George III. It is because of these varied artistic, academic, and physical genres of study that James Brown III, as a designer, has drawn inspiration to build James George III. Like many other fashion designers, Brown III draws inspiration from nature, architecture, interior design, classic movies, theater, and cultural anthropology. 
But having studied psychology at Brown University, Brown III can also use his knowledge of the human condition and self-image to design clothes that will allow his consumer to manifest a positive self-image with the aid of beautifully made clothing. He also helped start a web-based tailor-made clothing line called Alpha. James received his industry fashion knowledge from the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. James is currently in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway and co-founder of Trinity Entertainment Production Company. I don't even know where to start, but folks, <laughs> this is my long, long friend, James Brown III. James, what's going on? What's up? It, that was like kind of excruciating sitting, <laughs> listening to like, what is your life? What was my life? <laughs> also a reminder that I need that I should probably like update that but <laughs> <laughs> well it's all stuff that happened or is happening no, or what's happening so totally, totally. It, you know it, it, it does count uh, <laughs> first of all let, let people know where you are right now because I know Broadway shows are closed so where are you right now I am in Miami beautiful Miami Florida sheltering in place like a responsible global citizen Oh, yeah. No, that, that's a message right there. Message. <laughs> and no. um, and you, I'm guessing you've been home since all the Broadway shows closed down for COVID-19. Yeah, so I, I hopped on the first flight out once the, the day that our producers and Governor, Governor Cuomo uh, let us know that the Broadway shows would be closed until um, further notice. So, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. You did okay, though. Oh yeah, it's it's been it's I'm definitely making the best of the situation considering um everything that we are going through as as a world. Um but you know, we yeah. gotta keep living. Yeah, okay. Um so I'm just gonna give like a little backstory about how we met. So I you know, I I uh I did first of all I forget you went to Andover. Um Yeah. You should, I mean, you should have gone to choke, but whatever, it's fine. Um, I feel like so. But so you and I met because I ran track clearly with you at Brown University. And I remember the first day we actually met, uh, we were, I mean, I met you at some point in time earlier, but I remember our first real conversation was about dance. And I was talking to somebody about, someone mentioned the word dance and you were sitting with us. And I think either I said dance in my conversation and then you responded saying, oh, you dance? And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I dance like, you know, I do my little Usher, Michael Jackson thing, you know, I, you know, at a party, I'm, you know, I get, I'm in the circle doing my thing, not recognizing that you had this like, you know, crazy resume of, of, of dance studies and what have you. So when I said yes, and I got myself in full trouble, you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned, you know, this, this company at Brown, which was a uh, few dance company, which is a company you were a part of already and you were having auditions. And I was like, yeah, I'll come. I had never auditioned for anything ever before. Um, <laughs> ever. Nothing. I had never auditioned for anything. And I show up, and there, it's 100 people who are like, you know, these trained dancers who are in their leotards and their tap shoes and what have you. I come in my, my Adidas sweatpants and a sweat top. And uh, <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting myself into because you were literally like, yeah, yeah, you dance. Come, you know, we're having this audition. It's no big deal. Just come do your thing. And I was like, all right. And it was literally one of the most mind-blowing experiences of my life um, because I had never really been exposed to any of that stuff. Like, I danced, but never, you know, any kind of real professional um, um, dialect of, of dance at all um, yes. or, or type of dance at all. And uh, I remember uh, that day, you know, of, of the 100 people that actually showed up and, and 
somehow, some way, uh, of the four <laughs> people that were selected, I was one of them. Um, that you connection were. really began our our relationship, and we were pretty much tied to the hip uh, from going to dance practice to track practice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for, for like three years straight. So, that was our life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's cool to see the progression of 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 where you where you've been, and I just kind of want people to know. Um, you know, just like the, the story. I mean, you, you've done so many things. I, I kind of want to talk about dance first and then yep. transition to how everything else kind of came about because the, the, the last real memory that I remember, you know, in our interaction were, um, it was supposed to be, our, you know, an, uh, the last year for school for you, my junior year, senior year, and you didn't come back. Yep. And I didn't, we didn't know what was going on, but we knew that you had basically decided to go dance. And what was that like for you, recognizing that you were like, you know what, I've been through all this schooling, my last year at school at Brown University, not going to graduate, going to pursue this passion of mine. What made you have that decision? And when did you realize that you want to do more dance slash acting stuff as opposed to academia? Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it, oddly enough, I, I think I've said this in like a few other, you know, multiple Q&As, but in many ways, it kind of, um, I, I feel like the dream, the passion happened in the moment. Um, uh, it actually kind of ties to the idea of being more today in that um, I didn't grow up dreaming of being an actor or dreaming of being a dancer. It just was something that I was super passionate about and loved to do um, just to keep me fulfilled. And just a, a series of kismet events or you know god paved events led me to the michael jackson audition and you know there's something to be said for being in an audition with you know that audition almost like yours was i shouldn't have been there <laughs> or i didn't think i should have been there um and it was literally thousands of people um and as the week went on and callbacks went on and i kept getting getting um uh, kept the more realistic the this this dream quote unquote dream started to become and then once I got got the job and knew that I was dancing with Michael Jackson it all just became very real and also uh, it it was it became something that I could actually do um, and so that summer spending that summer rehearsing and dancing with Michael. Um, and meeting tons of people, um, you know, led me to uh, The Lion King. And there were a few dancers that were dancing with us who had, they were on a height, like a leave of absence from The Lion King on Broadway to dance with Michael. And uh, a huge audition was coming up for their first national tour. Literally three days, two days after we were closing with Michael at Madison Square Gardens, which also coincidentally was two days after September 11th. Um, and uh, I got it. <laughs> mm. And, you know, it's like, <clears throat> at that point, I think I still was maybe um, uh, kidding myself a little bit and saying like, oh yeah, like I'll, these opportunities, Dance with Michael Jackson, doing the Lion King are once in a lifetime kind of opportunities. I can always go back to school and finish. I can always go to medical school but these opportunities are here and in front of me and like this is what life is today <clears throat> and so i took them 
And uh, the, the further along I got into my, what is now my career, the more and more I realized that this is what I love doing. And, and um, I couldn't imagine doing anything else now. That's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, so, okay, let's go back. MJ, uh, what was MJ <laughs> like? What, give me, I, I need to know something about MJ. Tell me something about something you uh, saw about him or learned about him or a funny story about him. What was that experience like for you? Um, the experience was crazy. And, and part of it is what is so interesting now is that now that he's no longer with us, that ended up being the last tour he ever did ever actually performed in because the one this is it tour he never opened um so in retrospect it's like really crazy to have been a part of that um but you know as a 20 year old <laughs> i was literally 20 years old standing in a room with michael jackson was yeah, i mean there like there are no words for it um two things that i found very weird about the whole situation was We'd rehearse in these huge recording studios um, called SIR Studios in New York. And anytime Michael was in the building, no one else other than who was rehearsing with him could be in the building. And I mean, if you were in another recording studio recording, you could not be in the building. Oh, wow. Uh, Aretha Franklin one day was removed, not removed, but basically kicked out of the studio. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and based on my experience, it wasn't Michael. It, you could feel that it was the people around him. When Michael was in the room and it was just us rehearsing with him, it was like rehearsing with your homeboys. You know, it was, he was about the business. He was super connected. Um, he knew us. He trusted us. Um, and, and it was about the music and it was about the performance and, and there was no cloud or bubble or anything around him when mm -hmm. we were in the room and he was in the room That's it was exactly. really like all the other people around him that kind of made the situation so strange and weird and um and so you know it it, it was crazy and you know like to learn beat it from michael jackson is retarded <laughs> that's crazy That's you know. insane. i love it yeah yeah yeah, yeah enough said uh, so, so yeah, you did Michael thing, and then you went on to the Lion King, and clearly, I read your your accolades of other shows where you were actually in the original cast for so many of these shows. What's been your success in landing these all these roles on Broadway? But these like key roles in Broadway. Um, <clears throat> hmm. You know, I, a lot of it, it you know, the 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 business because commercial theater, Broadway, commercial theater, these producers, they are putting up a product, multi, you know, multi-million dollars are on the line. And um, so most of the producers and creative teams want people in the room that they can trust and that they um, know and that they know that they can hand um, material to and trust that the actors and singers and dancers are going to bring something of themselves to the material and help them create and mold something special. Mm -hmm. And so part of it, I, I truly believe is I made some really amazing connections early on um, uh, with 
um, you know, Disney being my first show, they are so loyal. And Tom Schumacher, who's the president of Disney Theatrical, has been like one of the biggest allies of my career since 2001 when I was cast in the show. Um, but it's, you know, having that kind of on my resume, but not only that, but um, helping to create a show and allowing for these major kind of directors, producers, choreographers to then trust you, um, it goes a long way. So then the next time you're in front of them, they're just going to cast you over someone they don't know because Mm -hmm. they just know. And so a lot of it really is just creating relationships um, early on that kept growing and kept growing organically. And then, um, you know, a new director who I've never worked with will call the old director and be like, what's he like to work with? And then they'll give a, you know, and, and so that's really kind of, I, I really truly believe that that's been a huge part of it because, um, you know, there are literally thousands of, of men who can do, you know, who they, they went to Juilliard, they went to, you know, Carnegie Mellon, they went to these schools and they have the same gift or talent or ability abilities. Um, but it really comes down to re- the relationships and, you know, I think also bringing yourself to the material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your connection, you're saying do, do matter and your reputation does matter. They do matter. And, and, and I think, um, yeah, they do. They definitely do matter. And it, and it helps. Um, that's not to say that you can't, obviously I had no connections when I got Lion King. Right. So you can, you can book things. Um, but in terms of longevity, in terms of actually having a career, it really does come down to, um, maintaining relationships. Gotcha. Now in your bio, you didn't mention frozen. Uh, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were in Frozen. <laughs> I was in Frozen. I saw I you in Frozen. Frozen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and my daughter loved it uh, the entire time. So James was able to get us these tickets. We were probably in, like, I don't know, the third, fourth row center. And my daughter at the time was four. And, of course, knew all the words to Frozen and <laughs> proceeded to sing every single song loudly. Uh, <laughs> and we, I mean, we got through it. We got through it. But she was so happy. Uh, knowing all the words and actually singing the song, I mean, her people next to her weren't very happy, but you know, she had a great, great time at the show. So uh, <laughs> that was a great show. I think everything I've seen you in, I mean, it clearly has been great. I've seen you in so many of these, these shows. Um, the show you're in right now, though, talk to us a little more about um, your current Broadway uh, experience with Harry Potter. Yeah. So right now I'm playing uh, Bane, Hagrid, and Sorting Hat in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Um, on Broadway, which is a play told in two parts. Um, and it is like slowly becoming one of my favorite experiences um, on stage um, because the show is, for lack of a better word, and being horribly punny, uh, is magical. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I get to be a wizard every night on stage. <laughs> and... <laughs> do actual magical things. And when I, when um, the, my character Bane enters, pretty much nightly there's like an audible gasp from the audience because the magic of how they create, how we create a centaur, a half human, half um, horse on stage is stupid. <laughs> um, 
And so, yeah, so it's just, it's really cool. Also, I don't have to sing and dance in this show, which is really fantastic. Ah, <laughs> is that not your, why do you say that exactly? Um, just because uh, that's been, most of my career on Broadway has been in musicals, which yeah. have been amazing and fun. And I've had lots and lots of um, uh, amazing experiences doing it. Um, I'm just in a point, you know, in the last couple of years where I'm transitioning away from from the dancing and singing. Gotcha. Um, and uh, so having this opportunity to be in my first Broadway play yeah. has been exciting. And, um, you know, I'm soaking it up. <laughs> okay, I understand. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the Broadway thing transitioned you into doing more business things. Now, uh, I, you always had a, a great sense of fashion, clearly. Uh, when we were roommates, we actually were roommates for about three years. And yeah. you always had a lot more clothes than I think all of us. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> we always knew that at some point in time, this was going to transition into something fashion related. Uh, but talk to me a little more about uh, James George III. Um, when did this really start for you? And, you know, how does it, how does it function? How does it work? Yeah. So, um, I, uh, so I started learning how to knit. My grandmother taught me how to knit early in life and actually taught me how to sew early in life. It was one of those things that like grandmothers teach you. Yeah. Um, and then I was in, we were in Toronto doing our out of town tryout of, um, Priscilla queen of the desert before opening on Broadway. And um, uh, my partner at the time was making his Broadway debut in Spider-Man. And so I wanted to actually make his mom, I wanted to knit his mom a like beautiful shawl to wear to opening night. And as I was like find, trying to find the right yarn so that it would look pretty and like dressed up, I ended up stumbling into a fur shop that like sells furs and leather. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Ended up falling in love with these, this like perfectly pristine white fox, fox. It was a fox. (laughs) And I ended up buying this fox. I bought like a black fox. Long story short, I ended up teaching myself how to make a fur stole um, from like YouTube. (laughs) excuse me all right so i designed the stole for her and then i was like well i got these like fox i made three i got these fox stoles i should take pictures of them before giving them away as gifts because i was obviously give one to my mom right but then i was like i can't just take a picture of a stole like a like there needs to be dresses to go with it so i I would buy a sewing machine i buy a dress form i teach myself how to drape like i bought i sketched out some three sketches and decided to buy the two most expensive fabrics you can buy silk and leather so i make these dresses out of silk and leather so now i've like created these three dresses these three box stoles and take pictures of it and the more and more i like look at these pictures and and look at what i created and how without even thinking about it they were based on like characters that i'd you know characters that inspired me the more and more it's it inspired um this fashion line yeah so then i when i got back and went to fit to you know really learn the industry industry way of sewing and, dra- and draping and um pattern making um and started james george um and it started out initially just as like a made to measure kind of line 
Um, I did make some men's stuff. I made a bunch of women's stuff. But then basically my, you know, Broadway actresses that I knew um, would come to me and I would design a dress for them and make them a dress for like the Tony Awards or for an opening night or, um, and so that's kind of how it started. Um, and oddly enough, I would say this kind of taps into like something we might, you might tap on later, but it actually James George for me as is actually kind of um, my biggest failure mm. as well. Um, and it, and a lot of it, uh, yeah, there've been a, quite a few kind of failures in fashion that have led to new opportunities and taught me so much. Um, but yeah, so James George, I, I put a lot of money into it before really creating like the right business plan and really understanding the fashion business the way I understand it now. Um, uh, but I learned so much and I think the biggest thing that came from it was really understanding my artistic eye, um, when it comes to like physical storytelling, Mm. um, and color and, um, yeah. So Interesting. That was a long answer. No, that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to hear. So you design all the clothes yourself. Yeah. So okay. um, so with with anything that you've ever seen, or I don't even know if there's yeah, anything out there anymore, but yeah, so all of those things I des- all of this that stuff I designed and physically made myself. <laughs> wow, 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 um, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it led to um Alpha, which is a um a web-based tailor-made uh, suit company that I started with my dad and uh, actor Boris Kojo and Boris's brother Patrick Kojo, oh. um, and so that's actually been doing well. And um, luckily, I don't have to like deal too much with the business side of that, which right. um, I don't want to. Right. Um, but can definitely like be a creative voice, and it's been really fun to be in business with my dad and and with Boris and Patrick, and see how that's grown over the last like um like eight seven or eight years now so that's great that's yeah. great so you're still doing james george um it still exists okay. i i because of just other passions in life and actually in like other jobs in life now right, right. Um, there's not a, a lot of time to to do it right um yeah so okay so my next question clearly how do you balance all of this? Cause you're kind of like me. I mean, when we were in school together, we kind of did the same things and we had the same circle yeah. of friends. And I think that's why we gravitated towards each other so easily because we just want to do everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know people always ask me how you do everything. So I'm asking you, uh, you know, so your Broadway show, acting, business side of, of fashion, how do you balance all this stuff together on a regular day, daily basis? Yeah. Um, you know, I th- I think the the first part of it is is acknowledging that we only get one of these. We only get one life, right? And um, so we have to make the best of it <laughs> and do what we truly want to do and really truly we love. And so um, it, it really is. I get up early. I'm usually up at like six thirty. Um, and I know that I can be most productive then. So I get a lot of work done then. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm 
attached at to my iCal. <laughs> if it does not go in my calendar, it won't happen. Um, and um, I, I'm really big on routine and creating routine. Even in this like time that we're in now, I still wake up at six thirty. Um, I write in the morning. I do my workout. I write some more. You know, and it, it, it's, I think it's just um, creating routines has been super helpful um, and just trying to stay organized but also acknowledging that all of the things that I'm doing are things that I want to do yeah. which makes it easier you know and if you keep reminding yourself that oh this is a passion so you know keep loving it there are not a lot of people who actually get to make a living doing what they love to do mm. and since I'm one of the fortunate few that are yeah. um, I can't take it for granted I hear that uh, talk to you more about Trinity Entertainment Production Company. What is that exactly for you? Yeah, so um, it's kind of the culmination of all of the all of the jobs and careers I've had over the, in the last like twenty years in being uh, an actor. Um, I always knew that the end goal was being a producer um, of, and specifically of TV and film. So. Um, I've kind of taken the relationships, all the artistic knowledge, all the business knowledge, especially business knowledge from my dad, um, and started a production company with uh, my business partner, Sean Patrick Higgins, who's a, a Yale drama grad. Um, and we started a production company a year and a half ago. Um, so far, we've produced uh, three short films. We're in the middle of, we're in post-production of our third short film. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and it's when my contract is up with Harry Potter, um, the goal or, you know, the, the dot, dot, dot is that I will then shift my career in being, into being a full-time producer and writer. Um, and so through Trinity and through, um, like, reading a ton and trying to get my hands on um, good source material to... Um, have screenplays written or pilots written, um, uh, I ended up <laughs> realizing that part of the passion of being a producer for me and, and being a storyteller was actually, I really wanted to write my own stories. Mm. Um, and so uh, a really good friend of mine, Terrell McCraney, who wrote uh, Moonlight, the film, one day was just like, why don't you write these stories? You have such great ideas. You have an education. You can write. Um, mm, yeah. Do it. Um, and that was kind of the kick in the butt I think I needed. And so for the last year, I've been writing, writing a ton. Um, and so uh, with the idea that Trinity Entertainment would be, you know, one of the vehicles of helping to get the writing out there, but most of the stuff would be produced by a major studio, so. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, love Moonlight, by the way, so yeah. good. Yeah, uh, awesome, awesome. Tell your, boy, tell your boy congratulations on that. <laughs> I um, will. <laughs> we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we're right back with more uh, on James Brown the Third after this. All right, folks, we're back. Uh, this is episode four of the Be More Today show. I'm your host again, Dr. Sean Thomas here, and our guest still is the incredible James Brown the Third. Uh, we've been talking about everything from dance to COVID-19 to uh, <laughs> producing movies and fashion. Uh, but James, I got some questions now for you. And um, I know you're ready. So let's go. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I thank you so much because you you read my book and I appreciate it. Um, and you know, be more today is, is a is a is a mantra for me, and I think it really applies to everybody. But I'm asking everyone on the show what they think the phrase "be more today" means to them. So, what's "be more today" mean to you, my friend? Oh, it you know when when your book came out and that was the title of it and that was the the, the general premise of it, I was like, this is. We, we are connected. We, we, we truly have been friends for a long time because I, it is a mantra that I believe in wholeheartedly in, in the idea of living. And this is an acting phrase that most of the time makes me roll my eyes just because it's so cliche and overly used, but it's so perfect for what we're talking about. It's like living in the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, we, This is this, you know, we have to be more today. We have to, there's no day but today. What a great lyric from Rent that you brought up. I think that it so speaks to um, not living in the past and not um, living for the future, um, not wishing your life away, um, and just being happy and present and making the best of whatever situation you are currently. uh, you also brought up earlier uh, resolutions. Pe- you know, people all always come up with resolutions in January. And every time someone asks me what my resolutions are, I'm like, oh, you know, I actually don't actually come up with New, Year- New Year's resolutions because mm-hmm. life starts today. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going, I'm not going to create resolutions for January that I can be trying to do right now. Right. <laughs> Knock them out. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah, in my book, I talk about these steps to greatness. Uh, they're basically things you want to start doing, stop doing, and, and three goals. Like, like you said, you've been doing these things every single day, you know, um, and I'm kind of been the same way. Uh, but I do want to just talk about things that you have already started doing, you know, either during your time off or, you know, what are some of the things that come to your mind? Now you mentioned writing. Um, what are some of the things that come to your mind when you want to start doing things uh, for yourself, either daily or, or long-term? Yeah, um, <laughs> I want to become more TikTok famous. No, I don't. I, I mean, I, <laughs> everybody's no, into I, TikTok. I, I gotta, I gotta get on this thing. I, I've only seen these videos of people doing things, but yeah, I'm joking about it, but only kind of. Right. So what, <laughs> one thing that, and and this 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 time that we've had, you know, these three weeks so far that we've had as a country, as a world, one of the big things that has really uh, resonated with me. I'm a really political person. I, I follow politics. Like, you know, I fall asleep every night to Rachel Maddow. Oh, yeah. um, and so the state of our country in terms of politics and in terms of uh, social issues and, uh, you know, it, 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 I feel, I feel them. <laughs> I feel yeah. really, um, you know, sometimes like a lot of anxiety about them. Um, And one big thing that I would love to do is now that I'm writing, I would love to use TikTok and use social media. You know, I have a pretty good like Instagram following, but I'd really love to create stories um, in which I'm connecting like the Gen Z, like millennial um, generations and write stories that appeal to those generations and how it relates to politics and how we can um, 
make things better, how yeah. we can get more people to vote, how we can, um, you know, and I would love to do them in a creative way that like attaches music and storytelling. And so um, that's been the thing that I wake up every morning, like the first kind of two hours of my day, I've really dedicated to coming up with ideas on how I can use, create a platform of social media that speaks to those things while also allowing myself to be a storyteller. Awesome. I think it's a great idea using your platform for, for change. I love it. Um, and what would be your, your stop if you had to stop doing one thing either daily or, or long-term? Ooh, um, he, um, maybe I would, uh, I think maybe st- like stopping my extreme care for um my appearance on those things if that mm. makes sense yeah absolutely. um it's it is it is a huge part of the my business as an actor you know it's a physical art form and so um it is important but i'm happy happy that because i'm moving more towards writing and producing that I don't have to care as much about that. And I can maybe start to really um, take a look at the body dysmorphia of it yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I see you. <laughs> that works. <laughs> I'll take it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned about the James George uh, experience and that may have been one of your biggest uh, failures to date. Um, yeah. And are you, what have you learned from that exactly in terms of how you uh, have moved forward with um, alpha and other things in your life? How does it define uh, you? Yeah, I, it's, I struggled definitely when I was growing up and, and I think it took the style of education that Brown had to help me see around this and start to work through it. But I such a, a, such a perfectionist kind of thing that um, having such a huge failure was something probably really good for me to deal with. Yeah. And it allowed me to also realize how much I needed to, um, I needed to plan a lot more and not act so quickly on instinct and so quickly on the creative aspect of it and really mm. look at the, uh, the, the, the logistics of, of making that happen um, and so that's something that I'm taking through, um, through with me, um, w- when it relates to, you know, like business matters. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's really good to fail. I think we all need to fail. I think we all need that kick in the butt and that, uh, lesson, whatever that lesson that we learn from it, we need it. Yeah. And it's, Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I always talk about, you know, failing so many times at so many things. Um, I think we, we fail more at, at things than we actually succeed in those things. So, Oh, um, definitely. But we always just highlight the things we actually succeed at, but definitely yeah, those failures definitely make us, make us stronger. So. Well, you know, it's funny because in, in some, in, in, in most, I teach some master classes uh, to like, you know, middle school, high school, college students and there's usually Q and A at the end. And Mm -hmm. 
the idea of failure and success as it relates to auditioning for Broadway and TV and film comes up a lot. Yeah. And I say all the time, you know, yeah, yeah. at this point, like I've now done 12 Broadway shows, but even, and that is, I can acknowledge is success. And I'm so proud of it and happy to, to have been a part of all those shows. But the fact of the matter is I've definitely still heard the word no more than I've heard the word yes. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, it's just like, so even when there's success, there are definitely still failures that help you get there. Yeah. So what, what was it for you that, even though you've heard no more than yes, what was it for you that made you keep pushing for that next audition, yeah. that next show? Um, thank, I think, thank God for having a knowledge of psychology. You know, the, I can't speak for every career path, but certainly when it comes to acting um, for the stage or for TV and film, most the lesson that I needed to learn and that I wish more young people would learn, young actors would learn, is that most of the time when you step in the room and you audition and you, you don't get the job, most of the time it is not about you. It is not personal. Mm. Um, there, you know, there are so many <clears throat> check, you know, boxes that need to be checked before you get cast. And most of the time it truly isn't about you it, it, or, or it isn't something you can change. Right. You know, uh, I auditioned for something, made it to the very end. There was literally no one else that they could have cast because I was the only person up for the role. So to me, my agents seemed like I was probably going to get it. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't get it because they wanted an act. At the end of the day, they wanted an actor that was 6'4", and I was 6'1". Uh, <laughs> Something they probably could have said at the beginning of the auditions, but... Right. But, you know, I can't... They obviously liked what was happening, that just I wasn't the height that they wanted. So that's nothing... I couldn't... I can't change that. Right. Um, and so once you learn that lesson, that if you... As long as you go in and do what you do and do it best and what you do and what you do best. Um, that's all you can control mm-hmm. beyond that. You know, when, when you leave the room and it becomes the casting table and they're moving pictures around you, you have nothing, you know, so it's out of your hands. And so once I learned that lesson, it, it made me realize like, yeah, I just got to keep, I have to keep showing up. Yeah. 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 So, you know, when you were 20 years old auditioning for these things, what's the one thing you wish you had known that you know now? Um, you know, you, you've been doing this for a long time now. So if you were your 18-year-old self or 20-year-old self at that time, uh, what's the thing, one thing you would have told yourself or you wish you had known at that time to kind of give you some more advice on how to handle what you're about to go through? Yeah, two things, two really important things. I wish I had known that the the people behind the table, the people that were casting the show, the creatives, that they are on your side. Hmm. Anytime someone walks in the room, they 100,000% hope that you're the one hmm. because they want to cast the show. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're not there to not cast the show. <laughs> they're not there to say no. They're there mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. yes. Um, so I wish I had known that. Um, and I also wish I had known... Um, the idea of really, and it took, I think I learned it relatively quickly, but I wish I'd known it early on. It's like, 
to know my type, know what I bring, you know, know that this is, regardless of how I see myself, um, I need to understand also, you need to understand what the outside world sees right. as well so that you can walk into the rooms in which you have the best chance of success. Mm. You know, I don't need to walk in a room auditioning for something if they're looking for, if they're looking for the uh, character best friend who's like funny and slobby. Right. Like, it's not me. I mean, I can be funny. I can be the best friend. But if they're looking for a George Costanza, like me and George Costanza are not, right. <laughs> you know, exactly. me and Kevin Hart aren't up for the same roles. Yeah. Right? So, um, so, yeah, I wish that would be something that I wish I had known early on. Um, but you, you learn it. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear that. That's big time. Um, I need to know one thing that's on your bucket list uh, for life. Ooh. To win an Oscar and Ooh. or an Emmy. Yes. 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 Big time, big time. So, yeah. Now, this, I, I also have a question for you about your goal for this year. Now, is that also your goal for this year? I think in terms of timeline, it probably can't happen this year. Right. <laughs> but I think the start of that path that journey can happen this year and I, it does relate to the one thing i want to do this year is i really I, I have these four scripts right now two are screenplays and two are pilots that I, i'm um you know that i'm in multiple drafts of and really kind of marinating on and, and getting them to a place where i'm really excited about them um and so the hope is to sell one or two or all of them sure. um to a major studio and that's really the, the big goal this year is to um get my foot in the door as as a writer um and in a situation where it's there's low stakes because i don't need to sell a script to you know to pay my bills because i have a full-time job and career right, right. um and so this is the perfect year to in time to really uh dedicate to that and not feel desperate about making it happen. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Okay. Uh, any advice you want to give to your listeners? I mean, we talked about a lot of things on this show from fashion and dance, to acting and producing. Um, any advice you want to give to our listeners out there who are trying to get to where you are, um, whether they're in the entertainment industry as an actor or a dancer or looking to branch to more of the fashion realm or the producing realm, um, what's one bit of advice you want to give to all of those people uh, about how to either get to where you are, even supersede to, you know, where you are? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think this applies to probably anything that you want to do. Um, it's like, if you know that you are obsessed and super passionate about something, whether it be acting or writing or producing or design, whatever it is um take the time to learn about it take the time to educate yourself take the time to completely jump into it um and learn everything that you you soak it all up because um it's important to really have a grasp of of what 
you're getting yourself into. And that doesn't mean that you have to go to FIT or go to an Ivy League school or go to a major conservatory. It just means that when they're asking you to show up to do the thing, that you have the knowledge that you need to do. Mm. Um, and um, I just think when people say having an education is important, I think that that is really true. But I don't want people to feel like that means that there's only one version of what an education is. Um, you know, like there are a lot of actors who, like I said, went to Juilliard. I didn't go to Brown for drama, but I'm standing on the same stage on the opposite side of someone who, who did. Um, and that only is happening because at some point along the way, I had the training to be there. And so I think that, um, yeah, I think that we shouldn't, there, there is a thing that's happening, which is lovely that people in this, you know, because of social media, there's a feeling of both entitlement, but this like a thing that you can just kind of jump out there and Mm -hmm. just be the thing. (laughs) Um, but there is something to be said for also learning about the thing too. And yeah. that still goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always say you got to put work in. There are no handouts, man. Um, and, you know, look at your bio. You know, I've, I've known you before this bio started, but um, yeah. <laughs> looking at all you've done since then um, is, is incredible. You, you've, you've set the, the bar high for people who um, are trying to get into all these different realms. And, you know, the thing that you did, that I always admire when I was with you at Brown is that everything you did, you did with precision. You did, you know, to the best of your ability, whether you were running hurdles or you were, you know, performing in the studio. Um, a lot of my passion for dance came from you. And um, a lot of the reason why I danced at all after, um, after school was because I, I got a, a sense of it and a, and a knack for it really being around you. And, um, you know, for those who don't know, James and I were, were great friends and, my my entire road of being pre-med in psychology was pretty much based on on you uh so i i want to thank you for being a inspiration to me you know people always say i inspire them but you really inspired me during my 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 school years um and even on the track you know just to go out there and and, and kill it and get it and uh you know i appreciate our friendship and i appreciate you being on the show and it's been a blessing to see you grow and do so many things for so many people and we knew that you'd be famous. I mean, with a name like James Brown, how's it possible not to be famous? <laughs> but, uh, you know, you've been famous in your way. And um, although people may have doubted you leaving school at the time that you did, you know, for them to look back now and, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but your hindsight was always forward thinking. And it's awesome to see that, that you knew what you wanted to do and you, and you did it and you did it well. You killed it. So um, I want to thank you for being on the show. You You've done... You've done me justice with this show, boy. This is going to be a big one. I'm excited for it. Uh, before we go, my last question for you is just let the people know and the listeners know where they can find you, either on social media or, or any other platform in the world. Yeah, um, um, you can find me on pretty much all of them at James Brown the Third, James Brown III. So, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, TikTok and Twitter and Facebook. Um, and also jamesbrownthe3rd.com is always um, updated. Uh, so yeah, follow me, follow along, follow the, the, the next journey of our lives. 
<laughs> awesome. Awesome. And again, he is uh, still starring whenever Broadway actually pops back on uh, in Harry Potter, yes. his first child on Broadway. And uh, his training entertainment production company will continue to move forward uh, with, with, their, with their projects. James Brown, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Uh, and for those of you guys who missed the beginning, again, our, our thought for today was based on Chapter 7 of the Be More Today book. Uh, the best project we'll ever work on is you. So, yes, today is the day. Uh, we're in crazy times, but make the most of it. Uh, don't be lazy, folks. Again, like James said, there are no handouts. Go out there and get it. Uh, read that book. If you're doing your stuff online for schools, uh, stick, you know, stay with it and stick to the process. It, this will all end at some point in time. But while we're here, let's make the most of it. Uh, get those home workouts in. Uh, let's continue to hydrate and be safe out there. Uh, and let's socially distance the way we know that we need to. Uh, because this is only going to end if we all come together as a people. And that's just the human race. That's not about race and gender and color. It's about the human race. Let's come together and get this done as a people. And that's it, folks. Uh, great episode. We'll see you another two weeks. And as always, as I say, have a great day. Have a great night. Have a great life. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Be More Today show. Peace. I'm going to be a better version of me.